Hello, and thank you for joining us for the Hatchbend Apostolic Church web broadcast. In our society today, some, and yes, sadly, maybe even most, question the value of preaching in their lives. But we still believe what Paul said in 1 Corinthians chapter 1. In essence, Paul preached that God has chosen the foolishness of preaching to save them that believe. And so that's why we still place such a high value on the preached word of God in agreement to the scripture. And so now I'd like to thank you again for joining us for a message from the pulpit of Hatchbend Apostolic Church. We begin our focus prayer for this week on children and youth. And um, of the several topics that were emailed to you, we underline just three of those for our service. And so I'm just going to repeat those. They're not want to include all of them of course in our prayer but I want us to pray this week very sincerely and very intentionally on all the prayer points of course but the three that brother Williams mentioned Sunday morning and I appreciate his personal testimony inserted into that and amen we want to pray that our children would be involved in ministry on some level and that they would develop their own relationship with God that is so important. I, I think, I'm thankful for parental leadership and examples and, and, and any influencer that we can possibly have in our life to pave a path. I, I, I uh, some months ago preached about the fact that Jerusalem for some was just a Sabbath day's journey. And uh, I, I wanna make sure that that we do all that we can to shorten the distance between where they are and the altar at all times. Life will give them enough to have to fight through. So I don't wanna contribute to that. I want a clear, concise path. And so let's pray that they would be involved in ministry on some level. We're not calling people to a pulpit ministry, but I believe that the church is involved in full ministry that they would also develop good relationships with others that would not pull them away from the Lord. Amen. To have healthy relationships in their life and understand that when a person starts having more influence on you than you're having on them, that it's time to make some decisions. That won't be just when you're teenagers and children. That's all of our life. We have to understand the value and the importance of where to draw lines. And finally, that parents would take ownership of training their children in the ways of the Lord and have consistent times of prayer and devotion in our home. That's so important. Amen. The safest place in the world for our children are to be our home. And when they're 20 years old and 30 years old and 40 years old and 50 years old, there should be a longing in their heart to always want to go home or find refuge there. I think you know what I'm saying find refuge in that home. And so let's make sure we plant those seed deep. Can we do that? I know we've prayed, but let's just take these topics. Amen. Let's ask God to just touch our children today and bless them. Lord, I'm asking you today, God, to help us to be influencers. And I pray for our young men and our young ladies tonight, God, that you will plant something in their heart and that they would desire to be involved in ministry that they would give themselves, yield themselves to you completely and wholly and ask you today, God, to help them busy their hands and their minds 
in the work of the kingdom of God. We pray, Lord, that they would have friendships that would draw them closer to you and not friendships, Lord, that would put a wedge between you and them and their walk with you. And I pray for our parents tonight that we will always and consistently and not just in our homes, but I pray for our church as well. God, that we will always have a place of safety. But in our homes specifically, I pray for parents, God, to have prayer times with their children, devotion times with their children. And I'm asking you, Lord, to let the power of the Holy Ghost be set free. Let it move, God. Let it move mountains that stand in our path. In the name of the Lord Jesus. In the name of the Lord Jesus. Along with other parents that practice this, you can certainly agree with me that as we prayed with our son every morning before he went to school, I can tell you that always we didn't hear the thunder. (laughs) And sometimes it just seemed pretty ritualistic. But the Lord said to Ezekiel, prophesy to the wind. And it doesn't matter how dry our eyes may be or sometimes we just live in the real world. It's kind of rushed. We shouldn't do that every day, but sometimes it's kind of rushed. But we just have confidence in the power of the word. And so when we pray that word over our children and speak that word and, amen, have those times of devotion in our home, amen. The other morning I was, uh, I had a thought burning on my heart and, and, um, I had been reading that morning early and a little bit later my wife got up and I said, I just got to share something with you. And so, and so I just assumed she was going to be as thrilled about this as I was. And she sat down with her coffee and I began to share and a little, wet, in a little while she looked at me and she said, I sure enjoyed your sermonette. <laughs> Amen. And so we're just going to speak the word of the Lord. At the word, if there's gonna be an aroma in our house, let it be God's word, not curse words and animosity and things of that nature. Amen. I know you've been standing a while. We're, we're very honored to have Sister Sarah Mock with us this evening. And uh, she is going to uh, be an associate in missions in Berlin. And uh, she is from the church in West Palm Beach. Brother and Sister Kyle have been very, very dear friends of Sister Boyd and I for many, many years. They are, in fact, or Brother Kyle is, Officially, Sister Kyle certainly helps him as our Florida missions, Global Missions Director and um, missionaries for many, many years and for the veteran missionaries have just boasted upon, about how organized Brother Kyle is with his missions work. And so we're very honored to have her here with us tonight. And would you just make her feel welcome? I don't want her to feel like she's here all by herself, but you're just joining family. God bless you. Before you sit, let's just continue to give God praise. Hallelujah, Jesus. You are worthy, God. You are in this place, Jesus, and we're going to worship you, Lord. It is why we are here, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. You can go ahead and take a seat. It is such an honor and a privilege to be here with you all. This is such a friendly congregation. I think everybody in here gave me a hug. I think so. 
and that's okay with me. <laughs> I'm so grateful to be with uh, brother and sister Boyd, uh, and likewise, my pastor talked very highly of him as well. I have seen them in passing at conferences and things like that, but never really spoke to them and never been to your church. And my pastor ensured me that they are one of the sweetest, most caring people in Florida. That's the truth, right? Thank you for having me. <laughs> Before I get started, I just wanted to uh, explain what uh, my position, I guess, is in the German-speaking nations. I am an aimer, and I am under uh, brother and sister Robinette, who are my supervising missionaries. So I'm right under beneath them. They're my bosses, so if you have a complaint, you can go to them. Um, they, what I do is I do campus ministry and you have to start out somewhere. So you start as an aimer and from there you work your way up to an intermediate missionary and then to a career missionary. I've been an aimer in the German speaking nations for the last four years. Like I said, doing campus ministry. If you do not know what campus ministry is, our goal is to bring Christ to our universities we are there to tell Jesus, tell students about Jesus because there really won't be another way. They're definitely not preaching truth <laughs> in lecture halls. Amen. So somebody needs to go and reach them. The majority of souls that are being converted to truth today are between the ages of 18 and 30. If you look around, you hear about revolutions happening around the world in China and Russia and Ukraine and right now happening with, if you agree with it or not, about gun control are being led by students and by souls that range in ages from 16 to 25. This is an important age group. They are looking for purpose and they are bold and looking for purpose. They are, are fearless, hallelujah, and they need to know what their purpose is in life and that is spreading the truth of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. When the Apostle Paul was given the opportunity to speak to students, teachers, and philosophers, he jumped at the chance. We can read this in Acts 17, where he went to the heart of learning in Greece and on Mars Hills in Athens. And the same opportunity is given to us today. We are able to reach future business owners, financial leaders, teachers, professionals of the future. We are able to even reach prime ministers and other leaders of society. There is a statistic that says between... In the next 15 to 20 years, 60% of the world's leaders are our students today. And they're the ones that are going to be leading. So what are they learning right now? Are they learning that they were created by a creator? Are they evolved? That there is the Holy Ghost that can give them wisdom and knowledge as they lead a country, as they lead a business? Who is to go? Paul himself saw the potential in this ministry and thereby reached all of Asia Minor within a very short time. He was the first campus evangelist. We can read in Acts 19, 9 through 10, which says, But when divers were hardened and believed not, but spake evil of that way before the multitude, he departed from them and separated from the disciples, disputing daily in the school of one of Tyrannus, but this continued by the space of two years, so that all which dwell in Asia heard the word of the Lord, both Jews and Greeks. We need to see the importance of campus ministry. Amen. I was involved in campus ministry since 2011. Being in church less than a year, I had a burden and a zeal to reach the people around me. I had a message of salvation, of hope, forgiveness, and love, and I couldn't keep it to myself. 
I'm sure you can agree with me. We had an incredible harvest at our university in Boca Raton, Florida. We had students baptized in dorm pools. We had students pray through the Holy Ghost in lecture halls. The Lord gave an increase. Hallelujah. There are hungry students. I remember one time we were um, doing a night of worship where we have, uh, besides Bible studies, we have where we, um, we have like a church service. And that happens a few times a month. And, and we were doing outreach before it. And, and there was this really tall football player. He was six foot seven. And he was big and just really intimidating. But he was walking around and I just really felt I needed to go invite him. So I walked up to him. I was like, hey, what you doing? He's like, well, I'm walking around out here kind of killing time because I walked out of my class because they were trying to show me this video about homosexuality and nature, and, and I don't agree with that, and I didn't really like that. So I was like, well, you should just come to our, our, um, our service and just kind of kill time. Why not? So he came, and that night he received the Holy Ghost and was baptized in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. <laughs> Amen, amen. That's just one of many. Um, but after graduating, I felt a burden to start aiming, which I'm doing today to the German-speaking nations. I began aiming in Germany, then went to Switzerland, and then Austria, and the Lord opened up doors constantly to the surrounding universities with the Acts 238 message. This past year, the Lord brought me to Berlin, Germany. I'm sure of you know that Berlin is the capital of Germany. But what you might not know is Berlin is also known as the atheist capital of Europe. Over 60% of the population has no religious affiliation. They either will say that they're agnostic or they're atheists. There, that's it. They don't want to affiliate themselves with anything. However, in the midst of a godless city, there is a church and there is a campus ministry that is reaching for souls. They're reaching for the 3.2 million souls that are in that city. And God is giving us the increase. Hallelujah. The Lord spoke to us to start doing um, reaching for the four universities that are there. And we had to start from scratch. This was the first city that I aimed to where we didn't have an apostolic student. And um, you can show the photo of the first one. Um, that's Berlin. It's a real big city, really pretty. Uh, this is the first city where we didn't have a connection to a university. This was all going to be God. It was God that was going to get the glory for this because we had no open door. So after much prayer and fasting, the Lord woke me up one morning and said, you need to go to the next city about an hour away and you need to prayer walk that university. So I said, okay, Lord, I mean, you called me to Berlin, but I'll go to that other city, I guess. So as I'm walking the University of Potsdam, I all of a sudden hear these American girls giving these German students a Bible study. And I was like, oh my goodness, they can do it, we can do it. So I joined their Bible study, and I, after, afterwards I was talking to them, and I was like, well, what are you guys doing here? You're Americans, and you're not students, so what are you doing? And they said that they go all around the world to universities, and they just talk to students about Jesus. They tell them that Jesus does exist, that he loves them, that he has a plan for them, but that's it. That's where it stops. They plant the seed, and they pray that somebody will eventually come along and water that seed. I told them that's what I was there to do. Uh, we knew exactly why the Lord brought us together. We were thrilled. After that, they gave us their contacts. We were able to start um, Bible studies. It was amazing. Let me read to you 1 Corinthians 3, 6-7, which says, I have planted 
Apollos watered, but God gave the increase. So then neither is he that planteth anything, neither is he that waters, but God that gives the increase. These last days, we need to work together to reach this city, to reach this world. Hallelujah. Because it's not by my strength, it's not by your strength, but it's by the body of Christ. Hallelujah. Yes, Jesus. Hallelujah. You can change it to the next slide, Sarah. The, the girl in your uh, the left-hand corner is Selena. She was our first Bible study back in Berlin. She was studying at the Free University, and from there, the Lord opened up doors for us to reach the Technical University and the University of Applied Sciences. We had weekly Bible studies on campuses, and we had one main youth Bible study at my house where students would come over, and whoever would come, we would feed them dinner, and that was a great outreach tool, free food. We had students from China, from Germany, from America, from Greece, from Egypt, from Iran attending. You can go ahead and change the slide. This is a Bible study in my kitchen to the, uh, to the right, and then our groups. And um, there's a young man up there teaching from, he came over from Christian Life College, and he taught about the oneness of God to Muslims and to atheists. God did it. Hallelujah. We are having quite the revival with our Muslim brothers and sisters throughout Europe. This past year, we had over 180 Muslims get baptized in Jesus' name in Austria. Hallelujah. Yes. Hallelujah. And in Turkey, we had over 2,000 Iranians get baptized in Jesus' name. But I want to pick out one. Yes, give God the glory. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. There are hungry souls all around the world, but I want to pick out one individual who was attending our Bible study. He was a master's student at the Technical University, and he was a Muslim from Iran. He's been attending our Bible study for a few weeks, and we were able to find him a Bible in Farsi and give it to him. He texted me the night that I gave it to him, and he told me um, around 9 p.m., he's like, I'm going to start reading the Bible. Thank you so much for my gift. And I was like, you're welcome, you know, just not thinking much of it. And by 4 a.m., he told me, Sarah, there is no way I can't deny that Jesus is not God. Hallelujah, Jesus. He speaks today. Hallelujah. He then continued to share with me that this book would be completely illegal in Iran. He said that it would be legal for him to convert, that he would even lose his citizenship. He would not be able to see his family any longer. That means that there is something about the word of God that people are afraid of. That Amer that so sorry, that Muslims are trying to take away, that Iranians are trying to take away from their people and try to hide from them. But God is giving them an open door to hear the gospel. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, Jesus. Through campus ministry, we have been able to reach people from countries that missionaries have not been able to openly evangelize in. These have been countries like China, Iran, Pakistan, Saudi Arabia. He is bringing the harvest to us through our students because they can go back. They don't have to worry about having a visa issue. They get the Holy Ghost, go back to China, go tell someone, right? I don't have to worry about me filling out the paperwork, raising the funds to go back, save someone, Fill someone with the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah, Jesus. So the young lady, Ann Katrine, talking about America, she attended the campus ministry in Alexandria, Louisiana, was filled with the Holy Ghost, sent back to Denmark, and helped plant a church in Copenhagen. Brother Matthias, who is the regional director of Sri Lanka, got filled with the Holy Ghost and baptized in Jesus' name in Stuttgart, Germany, went back to Sri Lanka and started planting churches. 
Brother Victor Jackson, was one at his college in Ocala. From there, he's an international evangelist changing the world. Hallelujah. There is power in campus ministry. We are all called to reach and win souls. But I don't know about you, but it's easy to feel inadequate. One of the greatest leaders of all time felt inadequate. I'm sure you know of Moses. He brought the Israelites out of slavery. When God called him, his response in Exodus chapter 3.11 says, Who am I that I should go? But Jesus responded, I will be with you. I feel very comfortable with you all, and it's okay to be vulnerable, I think, with you. I feel quite loved <laughs> by you all. Before going to Germany, or whenever I've gone, it's been four years, coming back and forth, I sit at the airport, and you're waiting for your flight, and these thoughts go through my head, why me? I'm 24 years old, it's just me, I've never been to Bible college, I'm the only one in my family with the Holy Ghost living for God. But then the Lord speaks to me and reminds me of the story in John chapter 9 where it says, Jesus heals the blind man. The Pharisees start to ask him, well, who sinned? Was it his parents? Was it him? What did he do? And Jesus returns to him and says, this happened to him so that the works of God could be displayed in him. The things that we see as problems or things that we lack is the very thing that the Lord is going to use to show that only he can do it. He's the one that receives the glory. Not myself, not anybody else, but the Lord. Hallelujah. He puts us in situations where we don't really see a way out. We don't see how the Lord's going to work this for good. Back in 2015, I was visiting, um, I'm sure you guys know Sister Allison Mitchell, who pastors in England. I decided to go and visit her one weekend. And um, as I was going through passport control, the customs officer stopped me. She says, I don't really like what I see in your passport. So I was like, okay, they can do that. And she detained me. And after that, seven hours, I was interrogated. I was taken to a room by myself without a phone, without my things, and questioned. They said, well, you must be running away from home. I was 21. I'm not running away from home. I'm a grown adult. Um, they're like, well, you must be affiliated with a terrorist group. I was like, no, I'm not affiliated with a terrorist group. And then they said, well, you're trying to seek asylum, aren't you? I was like, I am an American from the greatest country in the world. I'm not trying to seek asylum. Seven hours of that. After that, they then put me into a holding cell, and this was during the height of the refugee crisis. So I was sitting in a cell with seven other Iranian, sorry, not Iranian men, but Syrian men, and I was scared. I was trapped, and I had no way out. And the Lord spoke to me and said, you need to go ask for your Bible. I was like, God, this is not the time to be spiritual. <laughs> I <laughs> I don't know a story in the Bible where somebody did something in a jail cell and, and ministered to someone. I'm so sorry. <laughs> Talking about Silas and Paul, hallelujah. But um, <laughs> so I was obedient to the Lord. I said, could I please have my Bible? So they let me out and go to my things, and I, and I got my Bible out. And as I'm walking back into the room, uh, one of the guards stopped me and says, do you mind if I ask you a few questions? I said, sure. We had a six-hour Bible study. Yes. God brought me there for that. Hallelujah. Yes, Jesus. 
but it's not over. Of course not. <laughs> After that six-hour Bible study, there was three officers that were there with me listening to his questions and everything. And, and one of them said, Sarah, I understand that you're scared and you're terrified, but if you were not here, we would not have known this. Then another one spoke up and said, well, actually, my son recently moved to West Palm Beach, Florida, where I'm from. Yeah, so that was really an incredible experience, seeing that God is moving in ways we can't imagine. It's when we feel trapped in our prisons that God is saying, I need you to reach someone. There's someone around you at your job you probably hate, but God has you there for a reason. At your school, hallelujah, there is somebody there that God wants you to reach. Hallelujah, Jesus. I'm sure sometimes you feel like, but I'm going to feel rejected if I reach out to somebody. If I go up to them and I tell them about the love of God, what if they don't believe me? Or what if they, they reject what I have to say? I, I, don't, I don't know about you, but I hate feeling rejected. It hurts so much. However, in Exodus 10, 4 and 10, it says, Oh Lord, I've been so eloquent, neither in the past or which I have spoken to you. At these times, we can't help but feel the same way. But God says in, uh, in verse 12, it says, Now go, I will help you speak and teach you what to say. He's speaking through you. When they deny you, they're denying God. They're not denying you yourself. They're denying God. Hallelujah. We have been commissioned to reach others. Mark sixteen fifteen through 17 says, He said unto them, Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. But he that believeth not shall be damned. And these signs shall follow them that believe in my name. They will cast out devils and they will speak in new tongues. John fifteen sixteen says, Ye have not chosen me, but I have chosen you. I have ordained you that you should go and bring forth fruit and that that fruit should remain, that whatsoever ye ask of the Father in my name, he may give to you. The Lord has called us and has chosen us to reach souls. I want to leave an eternal impact. What are you doing in this world now? Is it eternal? Is it going to last that's going to gonna touch the kingdom of God? Or is it something that's, that's going to waste away? What are we spending our time doing? Look to the person next to you and, and see if they have a mouth. Do you have a mouth? Look around. I think so. I think everybody here has a mouth. That is the tool that you need to tell somebody that Jesus loves them and has a plan for them. We all are soul winners in this room. Hallelujah going to go ahead and close. You can stand with me. I have one story that I would like to share with you that I heard recently. It was about an old man that was walking on the beach before dawn, and he saw a young man ahead of him picking up starfish and putting them in the water. He finally caught up with the youth and, and asked him, well, what are you doing? And this, and this young man says, well, I'm taking these, these starfish and I'm putting them in the water because once the sun comes, they'll die. And the old man looks around at all the millions of starfish that beached themselves on the shore and says, what are your efforts going to do? And the young boy had one in his hand and he puts it in the water and says, the difference mattered to this one. Who is your one? Close your eyes right now. Who is your one? Is it your, is it your mom? Is it your brother? Is it your coworker, your friend at school? Is it your neighbor? Who is your one? 
Once you have your one, you can come up to this altar and let's just pray for them. That God would soften their heart. That God would hear from them. Lord, you are worthy, God. You hear our prayers right now, Lord. God, you know who's in my heart. You know who's in my mind, Lord. God, touch this city, Lord. Touch these people, God. Save my parents, Lord. Have mercy, God. Lord, bring an apostolic person in their life, God, to minister and to love on them, Lord. Show them truth, Lord. Hallelujah, Jesus. Touch this city, God. Touch this congregation, Lord. Bring revival to this place, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Lord, you are worthy. You are awesome, God. Hallelujah, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Can God touch their hearts, touch their mind, Lord? See that they need you, Lord. See that you love them, Lord, and that you have a plan for them, God. Oh God, hallelujah, Jesus. This is a message I cannot keep to myself, Lord. You came and you died for us, Lord Jesus. Thank you, God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, Lord. This message has been brought to you today by the media ministry of Hatchbend Apostolic Church. We pray that it's ministered to you in some way, and we'd like to take this opportunity to invite you to join us in service here at Hatchbend Apostolic. Our Sunday services begin at 10 a.m. and our Wednesday night service at 7.30 p.m. For any more information or to speak with our ministry staff, please feel free to call our church office at 386-935-2806 or you can visit the contact link here on our website. Again, thank you for listening and we pray God's richest blessings on you and your family.